What's up, party people? Welcome to Ditch the Ick, a podcast all about navigating dating, career, and honestly, life in general as a millennial. I'm your host, Katie Carson, 30-something avid dater and entrepreneur. I don't know how it's December already, y'all, but here we are, the end of the year, and with that come a lot of best of rankings and favorite things. So what we're going to do today, I thought would be really fun if I ranked my most used dating apps for you guys, and then maybe share a few of my favorite things that I've had on my wish list that I really love and have in my home and use a lot. But I have the crud, if you can't tell. This is my sexy Phoebe voice. I may or may not perform Smelly Cat, depends on when the cough medicine hits, okay? But before we dive in, I want to share with you a little bit about some of the episodes we have coming up through the end of the year. Next week, I am chatting with a certified nutrition coach and fertility fertility awareness method educator. And we talk all things periods, PMS, feeling your best, managing your hormones, all of that. And so if you have a uterus, you should definitely listen. If you don't have a uterus, you should definitely listen. If you know somebody who has a uterus, you should definitely listen. That's coming up. I'm really excited about that conversation. It was so good. And then after that, I am going to do a dating year in review. I'm going to have some friends come along for the ride to provide some really fun commentary and insights from the outside looking in, but there will be an entire PowerPoint because I am a raging nerd and that you'll get to see if you're on the Patreon, you'll get to see the PowerPoint. We'll talk through it, of course, on the episode, but you won't get the visuals the same way. If you want to stay up to date on, you know, everything that's going on, make sure to join the free Facebook group. The link is in the show notes. We'll be sharing updates about upcoming episodes, teasers. You'll get to vote on stuff. It'll be really fun. Okay. So diving in, you know, I've talked a lot about how long I have been in the dating world. You know, I've been in the dating world, especially the online dating world since before apps and smartphones were really a prevalent thing. So I am going to rank my five most used apps for you guys. And, you know, we're going to go from my favorite to my least favorite. I know most countdowns go like 10 to one or five to one, but we're going to go one to five because my number one, I feel like is a really hot take and I want to dive right into it. But I want you to know that this is based solely on my personal experience, especially in the last year and my current geographical location. We talked a lot last week with Sarah about how your location can really impact your dating experience, whether you're dating in a small town or a major metropolitan area. And I just want you to bear that in mind because it does have an impact on my rankings because my radius and location is wild. So for those of you dating in major metropolitan areas, I want, you know, or anywhere, I want to know your rankings. So you can again, join the conversation in the Facebook group or shoot me a DM on Instagram. Okay. Drum roll, please. My favorite dating app currently is Tinder. I know it's not what you expected. I don't mean because I'm looking for hookups because I'm not, but there are a lot of reasons why. Number one, my geographical location. Most of the people I feel like in my area are using Tinder a little more than they are like the Bumbles or the Hinges or the Coffee Meets Bagels or whatever. But my main reason 
that I really like Tinder is because I feel like you get to see a more real and raw side of people. If you want to know who someone really is and what they're really looking for and what they're really into, look at their Tinder profile. I have come across, especially being in a rural area, the same people on multiple apps and their profiles are very different. And I know, right? Like know your audience. And I have I have done this too, right? I have had a very different Tinder profile at one point in time than I did on Bumble, than I did on Hinge, than I did on Facebook dating. But I'm really striving now, especially like one of my big things this year has been showing up authentically as my full self. I have really strived to have the same, pretty much the same exact profile across all of the platforms as much as I can. Like my description is the same. My pictures, I think, are all the same, unless I've forgotten a platform to update it. But, you know, the platform questions and things like that that you can add vary, but the rest of it is the same. What I'm looking for is the same. But there are people out there who just have very different profiles. And I feel like being on Tinder makes it a lot easier to weed out the fuckboys. Weed out the people who are looking for one night stands or casual hookups or thirds or to cheat on their spouse or whatever. You can weed that out a lot easier on Tinder because people are showing up and saying that because they feel like they can. And, you know, I appreciate the honesty. I may not agree with some some choices, but I appreciate the honesty. And second, I really like it because I think that Tinder has had the hookup reputation for long enough that it is actually doing a lot now, I feel like, to combat that reputation a little bit or at least manage it. So unlike other apps, including like Bumble, you cannot send photos in Tinder DMs, which I love. I have actually gotten fewer unsolicited dick pics on on Tinder and from Tinder matches than I have from Bumble. They have a whole section of their website that is the safety center. They have a guide, tools, and resources. They've got basics of how to stay safe, both on the app and in real life, what you to re- what you should report, what you should, like what doesn't need to, how to report someone. Even the basics of consent 101 is super helpful. They have do's and don'ts. They've got, you know, times it's perfectly acceptable to ghost someone, which I love. They've got in the tools, they've got a crisis text line, a back, an, a way for you to have backup when you go to meet somebody IRL, you know, really in-depth custom privacy settings to make sure you feel safe and, you know, photo verification. But then they also have resources like the natural the Crime Victim Resource Center, the National Sexual Assault Hotline, the Black Emotional and Mental Health Collective, Planned Parenthood, the National Domestic Violence Hotline, the National Human Trafficking Hotline. And like, so there's so many, you have to scroll scroll through a lot. So Tinder is my number one because people be real about what they're looking for. And you can weed out those fuckboys. Two, minimal dick pics. And three, Their safety features are honestly bar none. And I really, I have to give them major props for that because they have taken what has become their reputation and 
figured out a way to kind of mitigate it without alienating the users of their app. But I feel like, especially as a woman in the dating world, you cannot be too safe. And we are going to do a whole episode on like staying safe while dating, but their safety features are really helpful. And I feel like they do a good job of trying to be as inclusive as possible in those resources, no matter where you are. That being said, they are an app that is trying to get your dollars. So there is a little bit of the hiding of the profiles that you probably would be a really good match for in order to try to get you to pay for their premium. But I feel like they don't go at it as hard as some of the other apps. All right, coming in number two on my dating app ranking has honestly taken me by surprise, but it's Facebook dating. You know, Sarah and I talked last week a lot about Facebook dating and the algorithm and how it works and how I was so overwhelmed by it the first time I got on there. Like so many likes and things to sort through each day. The notifications were absolutely banana sandwich, but I took Sarah's advice and got back on it again and gave it a try. And it worked one because I had completely deleted my dating app profile when I left it, but I have definitely had more luck working with the algorithm there and matching with people who actually want to have conversations and are actually looking for the same things I am. The other reason I really love it is they're not trying to take my doll hairs, okay? I'm a single lady on a real tight budget. And if we're honest, the dating apps are not something that makes my monthly cut. It just doesn't. Unless there is like a flash sale and it's only 99 cents for like a month or whatever, it's not happening. Obviously, Zuckerberg wants your data. He literally only wants your data, but he's getting it anyways if you already have a Facebook. So do what you want. But because there's no money involved, the app and the algorithm are actually working to give you matches. Other apps, Tinder, Bumble, Hinge, you name it, they make money by keeping you single, by keeping you on the apps. And they do that by keeping good matches from you and hinting at them just enough to get you spending money on whatever it is they're trying to sell. And Facebook's not doing that, which is great. In a, in a capitalistic society where everybody's trying to get your dollars, it's a really refreshing to actually have an app that's not trying to get my doll hairs. Not to mention there's no ads, which you get on Bumble and Tinder all the time. Facebook also has the added benefit that we talked about last week of being able to see if you have mutual friends. And that can really help with the safety factor. I shared the story last week about a friend of mine who was a mutual friend for somebody I had matched with and she was like, absolutely not. So that is just another added level of like the safety factor of having somebody in common. It may be somebody from high school that they haven't talked to for 20 years, but you at least have some sort of verification that A, they are who they say they are and B, you know, what were they like back then? People grow, people change, they're not the same person. I get that. But like if they are still in contact or maybe their Facebook page is private and you can't see it, but because your friend is friends with them, they can. And they can be like, hey, so actually this person appears to be married. And when we do the safety episode at a certain point, we are going to talk about ways to, you know, check public records and verify the things that people are telling you and do your own free base level background check. But Facebook, number two, it has been the dark horse, uh, surprisingly for me this year, and especially in the last couple of months. In third place, Bumble. 
And if you had asked me at the beginning of 2023, I wouldn't have said that. I started out really loving Bumble, but the more I was on it, the more I realized I actually did not like it. So for one, the fuckboys are a lot harder to spot. I have matched with more sneaky fuckboys on Bumble and gotten more unsolicited dick pics from Bumble matches than in any other app, which is crazy to me because the whole app's foundation is women make the first move. It's supposed to make you feel safer, that you you know, you know aren't going to have guys constantly sliding in your DMs. But first of all, if I've matched with them, clearly I want them in my DMs, number one. I get breaking the ice is hard. Like, so I do kind of, you know, try to give people a little bit of an easy end. You know, we've talked a lot about my Napoleon Dynamite gift, but you can send pictures in the app, which is different. And I think too, you know, we talked about the varying profiles when I was talking about Tinder, the marketing and knowing your audience, right? And tailing your profile to your audience. But really, like we talked last week with Sarah, the audience you need to be tailoring your profile for, no matter who you are, gender, sexuality, what you're looking for, no matter what your status is, the audience you need to be tailoring for is the audience you are wanting to attract, not what you think the people on this particular platform are looking for. The fuckboys know that people on Bumble, the especially women, are looking mostly for relationships. And I think they play that game for a bit. They leave just enough breadcrumbs to kind of keep you thinking like, well, maybe it's not, maybe he's not just looking for a hookup. And on Tinder, what you see is what you get. Guys are way more likely to be like, hey, I'm just looking for a casual thing. I'm just looking for a hookup straight up rather than playing the, you know, um, when you ask like what they're looking for and they're like, Well, you know, I'm just trying to like meet people and see if we vibe and see where things go and like maybe eventually finding a partner. In case you didn't know, guys and ladies and genders of all types, that's code for casual. That's code for I'm just looking to go to pound town. And especially if they have don't know what I'm looking for on their profile, that is casual. That's casual. Because somebody who's looking for some sort of relationship, whether it's short-term or long-term, I put both usually because not every short-term relationship is going to be a long-term relationship, but every long-term relationship at some point started in a short-term capacity. So, you know, not putting a lot of pressure on it and being like, we have to dive into this right now, but being really honest about what you're looking for on the profiles. Like it, it's just crazy. And the other thing I feel like happens a lot on Bumble because women have to make the first move is I think that guys do a lot of likes. And this is going across the board for apps, right? Guys swipe right almost indiscriminately. And there are statistics that back this up. I'll find them and talk about it in the next episode because I just don't have the brain capacity right now. But there are like the number of matches. And the number of like right swipes that men do compared to the white swipes that those who identify as female do is absolutely bananas. They tend to be casting a more wide net. They tend to be just swipe, 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 swipe. And then they wait to see who matches and then they unmatch if they're not actually interested. Then they actually go and look at the profile. So again, like Bumble is really trying to get you to pay for the app. And I have at times taken advantage of promotions to be able to see 
who's liked me and go from there. But honestly, it has never once been worth the doll hairs. Not to mention how easy they make to accidentally super swipe on someone. I'll be trying to swipe left and like your thumb touches that super swipe button and all of a sudden it's like super swipe. And I'm like, I didn't even like that dude. I didn't even like him. So that's my Bumble rant. Number four, coffee meets bagel. I don't think a lot of people use this one, but I was one of the early adopters when it first came out in, I want to say it was like 2012, 2013. I don't know if anybody remembers it, but I I know it's really unique on the way you get matched and what the goal of the platform is. Now, again, it is trying to get you to make dollars, but their ultimate goal and their whole thing was to actually get you to meet in real life. So like originally the app was centered around more like things you want to do rather than like a personal profile, like, which I think is cool. But they do still include that as part of their profile. You just see the profiles a little differently. So every day at noon, how it works is every day at noon, you get your quote unquote bagels or your potential matches and you swipe yes or no. And then if you match, you can chat like all platforms. And it does try to learn your preferences based on that. It does not do a great job. But I do really love that it includes like a couple of date ideas, like things that you would like to do as part of your profile. Because the goal is actually to get you to meet IRL. I just, I don't know. It's just not my favorite. I think the noon thing bugs me. I think the verbiage of bagels bugs me. So really, it's just that like some of it gives me the ick. I can't really put my finger on it. What exactly I don't like about it. But I just know it's not my least favorite, which is why it's number four. And last and most definitely least is what I feel is the bane of many people's existence and the bottom of the barrel. It's Hinge. It's Hinge. And and I mean, don't get me wrong. I actually really love the way the profiles are set up on Hinge. What I don't love is the way that their algorithm works or honestly doesn't. Hinge's number one goal is very clearly, again, capitalism, to make those dollars, to keep you single so that you spend dollars on the app trying to buy roses or more likes or like whatever the fuck it is. So it really keeps potential matches out of your feed. And there's a TikToker I love who goes in depth on how Hinge works, how to try to master the algorithm. I can't remember her name or the handle, but like it doesn't even really take into consideration your preferences when giving you matches. Like it's completely off the wall, the people that it has given me. And most people that I've talked to, most of my single friends who have been on Hinge are generally appalled by the matches or the people that it gives you every day. They fit none of their preferences. They aren't what they're looking for in a partner. They're not even looking for the same things. They're not in the geographical region or the age range or like anything. It's crazy. And the one thing I do like, it does have that voice note feature, which I feel like is both a blessing and a curse because A... I have found that most people use it wrong. Like they will pick a prompt and record a voice note and their voice note has absolutely nothing to do with what the prompt is. And there are people who do that with the written questions, but I find it's more prevalent in the voice notes. But the blessing side of it is you get to hear someone talk before you meet them. And I don't know why. It might be my neurodivergence, but you know, there's certain sounds, certain textures. I have some, some, you know, sensory things. And certain voices just give me the ick. I don't know why, but it's like an aggressive ick. And it's one of the reasons why if it's an app that doesn't have those voice note features, I really love 
when talking with somebody before I meet them, hopefully, we're sending some voice notes or maybe even talking on the phone or FaceTiming at some point before we meet because I feel like you can tell a lot from the way that someone speaks, from the way that their tone is. And and we're going to be, I'm going to be 100% honest with you guys. And if my family is listening to this, I don't know how you've made it to this far in the episode, but like definitely turn away now. If I laugh when I think about that person's voicing sexy things to me in the bedroom, it's a no. If I can't imagine the way that person's voice sounds saying things, it's it's a no. It's it's an absolutely not. They might be a perfectly lovely person, but like for some it's an ick of mine and I am entitled to my ick and you are entitled to yours. Um but it, again, it does do a really good job of letting people getting people a sense of people's personality. So those those are my top 5. Tinder, Facebook, Bumble, Coffee Meets Bagel, and finally Hinge. I would love to hear your rankings. Do you disagree? Do you agree? Do you have other apps that you think we should talk about or dive into? I think these are probably some of the most popular, maybe minus Coffee Meets Bagel, but I'd love to hear more. I want to learn about more apps. I would love to hear about some LGBTQ apps too, because, you know, as a bi woman, most of the traditional apps, if there are there are those who identify a female on there. It's usually as part of a couple looking for a third. And I honestly, no, I'm not, no, I'm not the unicorn. So with that, it is time for me to share a few of my favorite things. I think my number one favorite thing as a single individual that I have gotten, my grandma turned me on to because my grandpa passed away five years ago this past June. And, uh, you know, Marsh is my person. But she got one of those vacuum sealer, food vacuum sealer things. And I bought myself one for Prime Day or something. When I tell you this has changed the game for me when it comes to grocery shopping, when it comes to food and cooking and how I'm able to, you know, live my life and eat better. It has literally been one of the best things I've ever bought. I've got bacon wrapped fillets individually vacuum sealed in my freezer right now. And I'm about to go take one out because I'm having a steak for dinner tonight. But I've got chicken that comes in like the big pack from Aldi that is more budget friendly than trying to buy like really small little packages of it because you can eat it when before it goes bad. When I get home from the store, I individually back, vacuum seal all of that. Not individually, but like in little packets. So I'll have enough. If it's not like a steak or whatever, I'll have enough for like one or two meals in that packet. I've done it with bacon because I can't eat a whole pack of bacon. I love me some bacon, but there's only so much bacon I can eat. So like I'll split up a pack of bacon, deli meat. I've done it with deli meat because those big things of deli meat, I just can't get through. And I love a sandwich. Give me a Sammy all day. Ooh, maybe I'll have a grilled cheese for lunch, y'all. Yes, it's perfect grilled cheese weather. Anyways, so that is probably my most favorite thing that I have bought myself this year. What's another favorite thing? Obviously, Archie is one of my favorite things. And I know that not everybody can have a dog. But a pet of some sort in your space is a game changer. You can't add that to your wish list, of course, and it is a very personal choice. 
But I will say if you have been single for a long time or maybe you're recently single after a long time in a relationship or a marriage and you're not sure how to live by yourself, I've lived by myself for a long time, both with and without animals. And life is significantly better with an animal, especially a dog. I like cats. Don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm just not a cat person. My best friend is allergic to cats. My mom is allergic to cats. I mean, my mom doesn't come visit very much, but my best friend comes to visit all the time. And so I cannot have a cat in my space. They are a little more low maintenance, but the personality of this guy, if you're on the Patreon, you can see him asleep behind me, is just, it's the best. I He went to stay the night at my aunt's house the other night because I had a procedure or was supposed to have a proced- minor procedure. And I kept looking for him throughout the night. I was like, where is my snuggle buddy? It's just really nice. And so, you know, it might not be on your Amazon wish list, but I would definitely put it on your on your to think about for 2024 list. And along with that, I bought I was influenced on Black Friday, y'all. I will not lie. I was influenced. I bought one of those uproot things to get the hair out of the carpet. Not sponsored, but please feel free uproot because it is fucking magical. Like I wish I had gotten the pack with like the big broomstick one, but the amount of hair that I got out of my couch and my rugs, wild, just absolutely wild. So if you do have a pet, definitely recommend that. That is that is going to be a great thing. One of the other things that I have received, and this I did get as a gift that has changed my life as a single person on a single income is a soda stream. Again, not sponsored, but literally my sister bought me one for my birthday this year because I was, when I tell you, I was going through two packs, two little cases of sparkling water or seltzer a week, a week. And the prices on those have gone up. Like I started switching to seltzer because it was more cost effective now than even the bubbly because now bubbly has outpriced LaCroix at Walmart, which is bananas. But she bought me a soda stream. I now have sparkling water at my fingertips at all times. And not only that, I've got bubbly flavors. I can flavor my bubbly whatever I want. If I want a grapefruit one day and a blackberry the next, I can do that. If I just want a little squirt of lime, like I'll put some fresh lime in there. Great. But this thing has saved me so many dollars and really just amped up the joy factor in my life. Like it's not just a practical thing. Like the vacuum sealer is is a practical thing, but this soda stream is a fucking game changer. I love that I can have sparkling water of any flavor I am in the mood for at any point in time. And that and it's not one of the fancy ones, like it's probably the most basic one is what I have, but it is amazing. Each of the little like CO2 cartridges does like a hundred liters of sparkling water. And when, especially in the summer when it's really hot out, I'm going through at least a liter a day of the sparkling water. We all know I'm a hydrated bitch, but that has been a game changer for me. So if you think about it, like I was going from spending like at least $30 a month on sparkling water to spending $25 every three months on the CO2. And I haven't really had to go buy more flavors. Somebody bought me the flavor pack. I had the bubbly multi-flavor pack on my wish list for my birthday and somebody bought it for me and it's amazing. So this would be my my big three things I think that I have most, I have bought myself and really enjoyed the most or had on my list and had somebody buy me that I just 
absolutely love. So, you know, I'd love to hear a few of your favorite things. I'm only thinking back the last year because the last year is kind of when I really had this mindset shift of like, as a single person, I'm expected to buy all these things for all these people, but ain't nobody buying the things for me. And not that people need to buy me things, but that it is okay for me to ask for big things or things that I genuinely want for things like my birthday, for things like Christmas. And it's okay to just put that link out there. Who gives a shit? I had some I had some people buy me some things. I was really surprised. I got some nice new postables that I've been wanting. Like it like presents just showed up and it was great. And gifts aren't my love language, but practical things that I need that I don't necessarily have to spend money on myself so that maybe I could, I don't know, get a massage or something for myself instead. My money doesn't feel like it's always going to needs, needs, needs instead of, or practical, practical, practical instead of something that feels good is really nice. So I'd love to hear what are some of your favorite things this year? What are your hot takes on the apps? And, you know, we'll see you next week. We're going to talk with Vicky about all things PMS. We'll see you next time. Thanks for joining us on Ditch the Ick. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at Ditch the Ick Pod. You can shoot us DMs, listener stories. In our highlights, you'll see some listener story prompts. You can share them with us anonymously or with your name. It's up to you. But we always love to connect and get to know you on social. And if you haven't already, head to patreon.com slash ditch the ick. You'll see a couple of different levels where you can subscribe and get access to exclusive content, get early access to the videos. In some cases, you get first dibs on listener stories. So make sure you head over there and subscribe. It really helps keep this going. If you're looking to join the community, meet some other single people, maybe you need some new friends, share your thoughts, comments, responses to the episode. You can head over to Facebook. We've got a free private group called Ditch the Ick. And it's going to be a really safe space for us to share our stories, connect, and make friends.